Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Welcome back to another episode of The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez, and I am here once again with Tamara and Crystal, and I am just so excited to have them back. Ladies, welcome back to The Brave Place. Oh, we're so excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I am just so thrilled just to be in your company once again. Crystal, you flew in from California to hang mm-hmm. out with us this I did. weekend. Yep. And we got to hang out last night over at Tamara's. Played a little kickball. Had a party. (laughs) No hamstrings were pulled. No. Ate some brownies, which I'm supposed to be on a diet. I'm not supposed to be doing. Monday. Oh, wait. Today's Uh, Monday. Oh, wait. Today the diet starts. (laughs) Every Monday the diet starts. Salads for lunch. Yes. Well, last podcast that I did with the two of you has had such an amazing response. Um, Just listeners really impacted and touched by your story. And so I wanted to bring you back, Crystal, and have you both again in the same room to just answer some of these questions that listeners have based on our last podcast. So if you do not know Crystal and Tamara, just to give you a brief synopsis of their backstory, um, these are two great friends. They were best friends, um, both married to men who were great friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, then some boundaries were crossed and affair took place. Tamara had an affair with Crystal's husband and a friendship that would appear to be absolutely shattered and marriage is absolutely shattered. Uh, We just looked at on our last podcast, how God took this, um, these ashes basically, and really turned them into a beautiful story of redemption and grace and forgiveness between two people and, and it goes on and on and on. And it's just a powerful story. If you did not hear it the first time, I highly recommend you go back to the Brave Place podcast. It's the last episode right before this one and take a listen. And then Tamara, you also, you and I did an interview just on your part of the mm-hmm. story last year, a part one and part two. Highly recommend you check that out as well. So um, most people would be in complete awe to see the two of you sitting together in one room smiling at each other and friends once again it seems like an impossible thing and and that just shows you how we serve a god of the impossible right amen yeah That's yeah and so first of all um it takes a lot of courage to even do what you're doing today and so thank you um thank you for being a vessel for god and for his kingdom um and i know that so many people are going to be blessed and and i truly believe you'll be blessed for this, um, just your courage to step out and have this conversation. And so, um, first of all, let's just dive in. Is it okay, Tamara, if I start with you yeah. on some questions? Mm-hmm. So, Tamara, we have a listener um, that wrote in and said, um, as I try to put myself into Tamara's shoes, I would have had a hard time receiving complete forgiveness from my husband without feeling forever indebted to him. What's that been like for you? Do you feel that way? What do you think? Um, it was very hard to receive forgiveness. When Aramie and I made the decision to reconcile our marriage, um, I knew that I did not deserve 
his forgiveness. And I didn't. I didn't deserve his forgiveness. And I think this was the first time in my life that uh, there was a tangible experience of understanding God's love for us. Um, And I know that's kind of like a spiritual holy thing to say, but it's true. It was the first time in my life that I got to see and feel what Christ did for us in a real way. That's what Aramie showed me. He showed me forgiveness that I didn't deserve. He took me back as his wife um, when I didn't deserve it. And it was very hard for me to accept that knowing what I had done and what I had caused. But um, we pressed on. And um, even though, man, I'm going to get emotional. Even though I didn't deserve his forgiveness, um, and even though I did feel completely indebted to him um, because I was, um, he never made me feel like I, I owed him anything. Um, mm. And I wish I could, I wish there was a video camera following us back then so I could show people what it looked like. It wasn't me coming back into the marriage and him being like, well, you did this. So now you're going to have to prove yourself or you're going to have to show me that you're trustworthy. It was never, never like that. He made the decision. And this is, this is his part of the story to share, but he made the decision to forgive me and to trust me. And he probably had to make that decision every day for a really long time, but he did it and he followed through with it. Meaning he wasn't waking up in the morning going, how's Tamara going to prove to me that she's trustworthy today? Mm. That was not his mindset. His mindset every day was, I trust you. I trust you. I'm choosing to trust you. And it made it really easy for me to try to prove that I, I mean, it was exciting for me to prove that I was trustworthy to him because of his attitude towards me. So it was two, two people coming together, making that choice together. It wasn't just me feeling this oppression, like, oh, I'm so undeserving. And, and now I have to like scramble to prove myself every day. That's not what it was like. Mm. Wow. That is powerful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, Crystal, how did you even come to a place of forgiveness with Tamara yourself? It's such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a question I get most often, you know, in the story, like, no way you did not do this or somehow I'm wrong for or um, naive or silly for even thinking that this is a thing you do and, you know, in today's world. And so um, honestly, like I really just wanted my pain to have a purpose. I wanted it to be for something and not just me hurting and being mad. And so um, I talk about it in the other podcasts, but being um, at a church service and hearing that verse in first John that says like, um, something along the lines of, um, they'll know how much you love me as in God, um, by how you love people. And for whatever reason, that was really convicting for the hurt and the pain I was sitting in. And I just wanted it all to mean something. I wanted it to be for something. And, um, I, that was truly just my heart. And I, I, I talk about it in the other podcast as well, like separating, um, the sin from the person and the ability to just have empathy for her. And um, 
just compartmentalizing that was a big deal for me. And truly, I, I still say it today, like the biggest part that people get hung up on is, no, she did this to me. He did this to me or they did this to me when really everybody is battling their own brokenness, their own humanness. And, um, and that gets displayed in different ways mm-hmm. and it can be hurtful to other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there's a soundbite that we, we run, um, periodically just based from this podcast this past one we did. And you talk about that, about separating the sin from the person. Mm-hmm. And I just love that so much that has spoken to me. And so many people have given feedback on that statement. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love how God worked in your heart in that to give you that revelation. Like, wait a second, this isn't who Tamara is, who she's created to be. You know, this is what sin does in our broken world. It mm-hmm. causes us to do broken things that affect people. Mm-hmm. And if we can zoom out and see that person for how God sees them, man, it could change everything. Yeah. And I, I feel like that really opened the door between the two of you, just knowing you and having conversations. And and Tamara, you too, you're, you're pursuing the heart of God. So you've got two people pursuing the heart of God. And as a result, we're sitting here today. Mm-hmm. Did that happen overnight? Absolutely not. Not a chance. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, and it, it couldn't. No. But it's this this process of allowing God to just work on your heart, just that needing of of your heart. I just think it's so cool. Um, so let's let's get back to our questions. And this is for both of you. Um, a listener said for any close relationship to remain deep, trust is essential. So how did you repair the broken trust? What was the rebuilding process? What did that look like? And how long did it take for that not to be an issue in your friendship anymore? You know, now when you guys get together, I mean, Crystal, you come, you come to hang out with Tamara and her husband, Aramie and the family. And it's, it has nothing like if people looked on the outside and saw your lives today, they would not believe the mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm that is, um, underneath it all. And so what did that trust process rebuilding look like for both of you? And then, you know, how long did that take you to get there? This is an interesting question. We were talking about this last night, Mm -hmm. um, and trying to pinpoint how this happened and how we did it, because obviously we didn't come into this with a plan. Crystal didn't come to me with a written out proposal going, okay, we can be friends, but here's what you have to do. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, she made the decision to forgive because of the conviction that she had. And then we came together and it was very awkward. And it was, I mean, I don't think either of us thought we're going to be besties again mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. That was not the goal. Um, yeah. I mean, and again, like, let's remind, you know, everybody that this is, this is 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, and also I never want, um, to, I don't know. I I struggle with wanting to give people the how to's, you know, answer these and give people like, if you do a, B and C, you know, you're going to have this result and that's just not how it works. But this is what, you know, our story, how it worked out. Um, but until I was divorced, this relationship could not have been what it is. It just was not appropriate. It, um, because of the history, you know, it's just not something that, so if 
folks have not listened to the previous podcast, like I am now married to someone else, um, which allows the fostering of this friendship now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important just because there are boundaries in marriage. There are, Mm -hmm. you know, in situations like this, there are very clear lines that are drawn. And um, for those two years after all of this happened, where I was attempting to reconcile my marriage, we were not friends like this. Right. And we did not talk like this. And I did not confide in her. It was not, um, let's forget everything that happened and, you know, go back to being friends because I miss you. Like, Mm -hmm. um, there was reality in that. And we talked about that in the podcast as well. We grieved that loss, that friendship. Um, yeah. And, and again, we did come together to reconcile and that was a really beautiful thing, but then we kind of both went our, went on our own ways trying to reconcile our own lives. And we just kind of stayed connected in a healthy way. And by Crystal watching my life and having access to my life and seeing my heart, I think it made her more able um, to to learn to trust me again. Mm -hmm. I proved that I was trustworthy without even trying to prove that I was trustworthy. Just living your life openly or living her life openly and transparently, I was able to trust that. She actually like loves the Lord. Like she has made her life right. And that was enough for me to remember like the Tamara that I knew and that I loved. And, um, you know, it's really hard as humans who have been hurt to trust people. Um, but I trust God. And if I see somebody love and trust God with their life and their marriage and their redemption, like I am so much more inclined to, you know, approach them, um, with, with trust and, um, transparency. So, yeah. And to be honest for a long time, every time that we would get together or talk on the phone or anything, I felt extremely guilty and shameful. And, um, like I just wanted to apologize over and over again for what I had caused in Crystal's life. Mm -hmm. I mean, even seeing her go through her, her, um, season of singleness and trying to figure out life, I felt responsible for all of that. So we would get together and there was just this heaviness. And it it took many times of Crystal telling me, Tamara, you can stop apologizing now um, for, for that healing to take place. Um, it wasn't just an overnight thing like, okay, we're good now, you know. And we, we were talking again last night uh, same question. A big part of this is my friendship with Ermi and mm-hmm. like Tamara's husband. Yep. Tamara's mm-hmm. husband. Yes. Um, and the relationship we built in that six months of mm-hmm. the affair that was going on. And like, we were already friends, but, um, the relationship that we built in that time is like to this day, a big, a big part of the ability to come out here and, you know, spend time with them as a family. Like I care for both of them and had that friendship not kind of been in place. We were mm-hmm. saying last night, like maybe this wouldn't be what it is too. So there's a whole other part to that as well. And, um, so. Wow. That's really amazing. And that the next question, um, from a listener wanted to know, like just that, like, do you ever have conversations to assure crystal that everything about your bond is clean and honest. Like, and it it just, 
to answer that question, you've kind of already answered that, but mm-hmm. do you feel a need to ever do that? Like to, or is that kind of, you're past that? Yeah, no, not anymore. Mm-hmm. There definitely was a long season that I felt like I needed to validate myself because my heart really was in the right place, mm-hmm. but I understood that she probably questioned it. Yeah. And I'm sure she did. And I'm sure Aramie did too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, I had to learn to forgive myself too. Mm. And it was a long process. Mm. That's powerful. Now, this is a question for both of you from a listener. What are some practical steps and boundaries that you do day by day with your spouse um, and your friendship to protect your marriages today um, versus what you did not do in your early 20s when mm-hmm. all of this took place? It's a great question. <laughs> It's it's a hard one to answer because I'm not married to him anymore. Yeah. But I I don't ever question Tamara in that way. Like you know, her having a relationship with my husband now, like I don't question that. But again, it's not because like there's just a blank slate and I just chose to forget about it all, you know. I I truly see her life for Christ now and Yeah, and and hey look, like I have overcome so much by the grace of God. And I am a new person. I am not the same Tamara that I was 10 years ago, but I'm still not exempt from sin. Mm -hmm. I still have temptations. I'm still not perfect. I still need to implement boundaries in my life, period. So you will never find me sending Crystal's husband a text message without Crystal on the text thread. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you will never find him driving me in a car without Crystal in the car. Right. Not because she doesn't trust us. She probably does, Mm -hmm. but I would never put myself in that situation. It's not appropriate. And so, I mean, those are practical boundaries. And not even just for you, like just in general, I think coming from an early twenties, you know, friendship with our besties to, you know, learning a few things, like just different things that are just not appropriate with opposite sex. And, um, whether you've been down this road or not, just safeguarding your heart for, um, the potential that like Tamara said, we're not exempt. And, um, it's, it's just something that so easily is you, you fall into whether you've been through it or not. And yeah. And comfort is the enemy of boundaries. Um, (laughs) you get so we, we get so Mm -hmm. comfortable in our relationships with people, with other couples, with the other sex. It's really easy to get comfortable in your friendship, which is a true, honest, Friendship, and that is where the sin creeps in. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are so important, especially mm-hmm. when you're comfortable mm-hmm. and confident. Mm, such a good point. And, and I think, you know, just what you're saying about safeguarding your marriage, I love your practical day-to-day things you can do. You know, don't be alone with the opposite sex. Even if you're super comfortable with that person that, like you said, that's, that's like that you really don't need to be there. Yeah. Just taking care of respecting the other person, mm-hmm. including them on the text thread mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. so that all parts of, you know, the marriage are involved in this communication. Yeah. And it, it's, it feels ridiculous sometimes. It, it really does. Like I said in the last podcast, a lot of the things I did to quote unquote, unquote, prove myself to Aramy felt like I was a teenager trying to prove myself to my parents after I lied to them. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what it is. You are trying 
to prove yourself. You're trying to protect yourself from going down that path again. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you're truly wanting a life of freedom, you have to implement those things. Mm. Well, I I know that trust and respect are just two of the most important factors of any marriage. And I see there you're, you're developing trust and you're showing respect for your spouse and the other person's spouse, Mm -hmm. you know? um, Yeah. Those are some, Great tools to safeguard your marriage. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so one listener, this is a, a pretty heavy mm. message. She says, I am a wife of a sexual addict who has chosen to stay in my marriage. I'm in recovery group. I'm in a recovery group that meets weekly with other women who are living in or separating from marriages that have suffered broken vows, often physical or emotional infidelity through pornography or social media. Um, The words, I thought I was alone and I thought I was crazy are often said. This comes from that gut or heart feeling of knowing something just is not right, addressing it with their partner and being told everything's fine. So can you speak into your own feelings slash experience through this lens and how you felt God met you there? Um, it's a hard one. It's a hard one because mm-hmm. I, I respect my ex-husband and I respect who, like the dad he is now and the husband he is now. Um, and I don't, I don't ever want to just drag his, you know, shortcomings through the mud. And, mm-hmm. um, I know that people can relate to me during that time. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure benefit like I the crystal I am today is not the crystal I was 10 years ago so I didn't feel met by God I did feel alone I did feel crazy nobody knew how to handle my mess no none of my friends knew what was going on because all of their husbands like loved them and wanted to be with them like intimately and like I was alone like absolutely like no nobody knew and the people that I did tell or you know confided in was Tamara and mm-hmm. that was where it was all going on. So, mm-hmm. um, I struggled to share this part, you know, out of respect for my ex-husband, but also like the, again, the crystal I am today is not the crystal then. So I wasn't, I didn't understand why or what was going on. I was hurting. I was broken. Um, and I was embarrassed. Like I didn't have anybody to go to. I couldn't, you know, there was no support groups. Like those things I, I'm not sure were even available to me or maybe they were and I didn't know. Um, but I mean, I can relate, you know, thought I was crazy. I definitely felt alone. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I thought something was wrong with me. Like, God, why is this happening to me? Um, but I, I will say, um, you know, I was not in crystal shoes, but something that we have heard over and over again when we first started talking about it and even 10 years later is I went through that too. I'm going through that also. Me too. Um, and I think people would be surprised at how common mm-hmm. sin is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of it. Mm-hmm. Usually when you think you're alone or you're crazy. There's someone else going through something really similar that has the same 
feelings. And I think secluding yourself and, and staying stuck with that unsettling feeling, um, you, you don't have to do that. There are, and again, I hate sounding like so, like, I don't even know the word, but I mean, there are trained professionals that are trained professionals for a reason. And I am for it because it, it really helped save my marriage. Go talk to someone. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. You're not crazy. There are people who understand you and there are people who can help you get through this. And, and sometimes it's not your spouse. A lot of times, if you're having those feelings, I mean, I, I can't say you're probably right because I don't know, but there are people that can help you navigate that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reach out for help. Reach out for Absolutely. help. And, and it's, it's not like there's someone else out there. It's really there are a ton of people out there that are going through very similar situations. And um, yeah, thank you for speaking into that. Now. Here's a, here's a question I thought was interesting. It says, how did you work through the difference? And this is crystal towards you between grace upon grace. And I'm supposed to get forgive 70 times seven, as Jesus says, my grace and boundaries are taken advantage of or ignored. Like what's the, the difference there? How do you go from grace 70 times seven from being taken advantage of? Because you had to, you had to draw that I boundary, did. and when this first happened with Tamara, um, I had a newborn baby, and it again, Crystal today is not Crystal ten years ago. I did not think about oh, seventy times seven. I'm going to keep forgive, forgive, forgive. I was just desperate to not be a single parent mm-hmm. with a newborn baby, like point blank. When they split. And she went back to Aramie and I decided to reconcile with my husband at the time. There was not a thought in my mind that like, oh, this is because the Bible says I should forgive Mm -hmm. or this is because, you know, I've been forgiven. It was pure desperation. Like, okay, let's do this. We can be a family again. The world can think it's perfect again. And, um, but like there's, there's a lot more to my story, um, because I did go through this again, um, years later, which is, you know, a a part of my story of why we're not together now. Um, and at that time I feel like I experienced this question and I had been in counseling. I was working with a professional counselor who helped me, like Tamara said, navigate this very question. Like, where is the boundary? Like, how is this going to be healthy? How are you going to walk through this and um not only honor the lord but honor your children and honor yourself and mm-hmm. um i really had to examine what i needed to see and what i uh, like a time frame around that and that was what the professional counseling or advice or wisdom i received um at the time helped me mm-hmm. so it wasn't just me and my corner deciding on this cuz like Honestly, like my heart of hearts never wanted any of this. And so to really dig in and seek God and take, like go with professional like wisdom and advice, I had to ask myself those hard questions like, okay, when is it time to walk away? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer because there are people that choose differently all of the time. But 
Yeah. And here's the thing about reconciliation. And obviously it was Aramy who had to experience this on my side of the story, but reconciliation takes two people. So if it were just Crystal trying to reconcile her marriage and the other party is not truly surrendering to Christ, it wouldn't have happened. It didn't happen. If if Aramie and I were wanting to reconcile and we weren't both fully surrendering to mm. Christ first and foremost, we would not be married today. Mm. So Aramie didn't have to set a date of, hey, Tamara, um, if you're not like at this point by this amount of time, then this isn't going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. It was more both of us, again, like surrendering to Christ and being so desperate to do all we can mm-hmm. to reconcile um, that it was just growth and growth and growth and growth. And and he didn't have to stop and think, you know, I need to create a deadline because this is just not working. Mm-hmm. So good. Now, have you, this is from a listener. Have you been transparent with your children or are they too young? And maybe it's not time. And if you have not been yet, do you see yourself sharing your story in the future with your children? We just talked about this last night too. Um, because um, I feel like divorce um, matures children in a way they have to go, you know, back and forth between homes. And then they have friends who don't have this same thing and like just different things like that. It, emotionally matures children. So my kids are nine and 10 and uh, they are fully aware, especially because their dad has remarried and, you know, they're fully aware that like you're married to one person and you, you know, you have a family with one person. So they've asked different questions, but my heart is not to just like divulge all of this information to, I want to make sure my intention and my heart in it is not to slander or, um, bad talk their, their dad and change their view of him before they're mature, like mature enough to understand like the depth of sin and what Christ has done on the cross. Like not in just like a little kid version of it, but like truly understand, um, like the hurt and the pain that sin can cause. And so I don't think that they know, or I have not been fully transparent because they're nine and 10, like they don't understand or wouldn't know what to do with that information. It's not beneficial to them at all. Um, and I've made it a point and my husband now has made it a point that we don't, you know, talk about their dad or their stepmom and in a light that is not good. And because to my kids, their dad is their hero. And I want to foster that as much as they can until they're, you know, whatever conclusion they come to later on in life. And so it's not my job to, I don't feel like it's my job to tell that part of the story just yet. And so I think that's really powerful to hear you say that. I I just see such a trust in the Lord of you're not taking it into your own hands. There's no feeling of sense of, I need to get revenge or, or make sure they know what their daddy did. I just really appreciate how you're protecting your kids in that way. And how you're able again to separate the sin from the person and and give him that grace uh, that's that's pretty amazing <laughs> um 
So we have four boys, um, ages 12, nine, six, and five, and we have not shared any of this with them. Um, now obviously the conversation of whether or not we will share it with them has happened many times, especially since Crystal and I have started this journey of sharing our story together. It's out in the world. And so someday when they have access to social media and all of those things, um, they'll have access to our story. And our plan is to share it with them before they find out mm-hmm. through someone else. Um, we're kind of in a crazy, unique situation also because Aramie has cancer. So we have a lot going on. Our boys have a really heavy burden to carry already right now. And even though our oldest is 12 and, and could understand this story of what happened 10 years ago, it's not a burden that we want to add to his life right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that too. And, and just know that um, obviously with what you're dealing with, with Aramie and his cancer, we are definitely praying for you and, and those listening, I know that they would really appreciate your prayers. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I would like to say one thing, the willingness to use your hurt um, to fuel the fire, like for your kids against the other person is like never okay. Like regardless of how hurt or um, mad or revengeful you are, Putting your kids in the middle is never something that is going to benefit them or their life or their childhood or their view of you as a parent or of the other person as a parent. And it's so often used um, to manipulate the situation and manipulate kids' feelings as they're already trying to navigate Mm. and understand what is happening, especially in a divorced household or a separated household. It's just, it's not okay. And there is already so much for them to handle and to carry and to process and to hear one of their parents slandering the other parent is confusing and it's hurtful and they don't understand your hurt and they don't understand why. And it's just a very powerful thing that like as a parent, you are mature enough and you can make the choice to not do that. And from somebody who's done this for 10 years now, like it was, it's not always easy. It's a daily choice that my husband and I make now like, okay, Crystal, no, like stop there, you know, and it can be something that's done. And it's, it's not something that's necessary. Your children don't, they're not going to understand it the way that you're mm-hmm. trying to use it. And so that's so good. An I'm encouragement so for parents that are walking through this who are separated or divorced or are angry or hurt at their spouse or their spouse is still not living the, you know, the way that they want, but it's, it's your, your kids are watching, they're listening and you can help them navigate it, but you don't need to divulge it all. And, um, it can be just a real, a lot for them to carry. It's so good. It just brings in more destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. That's so, so good. Um, now Tamara, one listener, she heard your podcast, the very first interview we did, mm-hmm. part one and part two, where you talk about your side of the story and where you were driving down the road one day and this song mm-hmm. came on the radio and it just penetrated your heart. And it really was the beginning of a turning point of repentance for you. Mm-hmm. And this listener wants to know, do you remember what song you were listening to? Absolutely. It was You Are More. And it goes, you are more than the choices that you've made. You are more than the sum of your past mistakes. 
You are more than the problems you create. You've been remade. And um, I'd heard this song many times, but that day driving down the road headed to DMV for some reason just broke me. Hmm. And I believed it. Wow. That's such a lesson for all of us, right? Yeah. Like we're more than the choices that we make. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Now, uh, we'll be wrapping up. I have two more questions for you ladies. Um, I just want to know what you value, love, respect about one another Hmm. today. That is such a loaded question. (laughs) I was like, we're going to cry. I'm going to cry. That's what I do. Uh, I love and value so much about you, Crystal. How to pick a couple things. I know. I think I I shared this in the podcast too. Hands down, like watching someone turn their life around and love Jesus after everything is without a doubt, like the most honorable thing, like I think you've done. And, um, I, I just really, truly honor that about you and your heart to be transparent. So many people want to run away from the problems they've made and the choices they've made and they're embarrassed or they're shameful, but I, how do you not respect somebody who takes their mess and turns it around to help people? And um, I truly respect the mom that you are and the willingness you have to play with your kids at like watching you play kickball. I was like, <laughs> I was just standing there. Like <laughs> I got to show them how it's done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, the life that you fought for, for your boys. And, um, I, there's so much, there's so much I could go on forever, but I truly do value and honor the woman that you are. And thank you. I, I love you. So I love you too. <laughs> um, I say this all the time. Like I know that Jesus loves me because of Aramie and Crystal. Mm. Like I know it. I've felt it. I've seen it. Um, she not, she didn't just forgive me so that she could be free. I mean, she did do that. But then she welcomed me back into her life. Like, who does that? Who does that? Someone who's fully surrendered to Christ. Like, I don't think I could do that. You know, I I try to put myself in, in her shoes often. And I'm like, man, like, I just, I don't know if I could carry that and trust like she does. And. I just admire like watching you not just go through what we went through, but then all of the events in your life after what we went through, Mm. you've continually, you know, you've made mistakes. You're not perfect, but you've continually just gone back to the cross. You've just surrendered over and over again. And I just admire it so much. You're so strong. You're so, so, so strong. See, but I have an example of strength in you. And so that's, I admire that about you too. <sighs> Watching your, your um, journey with Amy and answer and four boys. Like, I mean, I don't know a stronger person. I don't, I truly don't. 
And so. And then Tamara, you're saying, I don't know a stronger person. I don't know a stronger person. Mm -hmm. I don't know of anyone who could do what you've done in your life and stand tall and go, it's all for Jesus. It's not even me. You're like, it's not even me. It's, it's just by the grace of God. But I see you making that choice over and over again. And it has inspired me over the years. And today, like watching you with your, with your now husband and your kids, it's, I'm just so inspired by you. I love you so much. And I, you know, I don't live in guilt and shame anymore when I'm with you, Crystal, Mm -hmm. but I still have the scar. Like it's still there. I still remember what we went through and I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. I know I don't deserve your friendship. I don't, but you gave it to me anyway. And I'm so thankful. Well, just turning beauty, you know, from ashes is what's obviously happened here. And I, you know, I just even want to say this, um, the ripple effects that we don't even understand just God's multiplication abilities, right. From what we go through and, and crystal, just this turn like to the Lord, to grace, to love, acceptance, forgiveness, like that action on your part, the action on Aramie's part, Tamara, your husband yeah, and turning, just playing a planting all these seeds to turn your life around too, which has had a multiplication factor on my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like crystal, your actions have impacted me mm-hmm. because Tamara has been so impacted by you. Tamara has been one of the people in my life that has truly changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she pours into my life. Uh, my own marriage, just um, friendship, all of it. Um, the wisdom that she has gained because of her pursuit of the Lord truly um, has impacted me and so many people around her. So it's just like your actions, Tamara's actions, what happened, beauty from ashes. Um, it just, it's truly remarkable. And it's just going to keep going and multiplying and multiplying. So I think there's just so much hope in that, that for someone listening, that whatever they're going through, just always remember God can redeem and use anything. And he will, if we have a humble, open and willing heart to let him do so. Um, He's the God of miracles and he'll do it. So I just want to add that. And then the last thing I want to ask you all is, is there something that you want to um, convey to listeners that maybe we haven't covered today uh, or why you're, you guys are being so, um, or why you ladies have been so vocal about your story. You know, someone may say, why are you doing this? You know, rehashing this story right now, which by the way, your husbands are 100% on board mm-hmm. about you all being a vessel in this way, which I think is just such a true testament of their hearts. Um, but what would you want to say to listeners about why you're here today and what you're trying to convey? It's worth it. It's worth it. I remember, you know, in the season of making the decision to um, leave the affair and it wasn't to reconcile my marriage that was over. um, I thought, right. Uh, And then when we made the decision to reconcile, I remember people telling me, um, you don't have to live like you like owe him anything for the rest of your life. Like, I don't want you to be like enslaved 
to what you did. You know, you don't owe him anything. And I I think that's such a prevalent mindset in our Mm -hmm. culture today. Um, We don't want to live like we owe anyone anything. But I just want to encourage you that sometimes humbling yourself and being humiliated because of the choices that you made and fully, like I said earlier, like laying it down and surrendering is worth it. It's Mm -hmm. worth it. I was, this is not a glamorous role to play. Like it's not fun to sit in front of people and say, I had an affair with Crystal's husband. It sucks, but it's worth it for his glory. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. And it took me a long time to realize that. No, I don't live like I'm enslaved to Aramie. You know, we talked about that already, but laying it all down and going, you know what? I'm willing to be humiliated. I'm willing to be honest about everything, even if that means people don't like me, Mm -hmm. even if that means we lose friends, even if that means I have to deny myself and my pride over and over and over again. And I don't like it. I want to be liked. I want people to see me as good. That comes with time when people see your real heart, that you're willing to lay it down, that you're, that you're willing to be real. And it's worth it because now, guys, I am free. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of humiliating to talk about sometimes. But like I said, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, just the fact that you're here today and the podcast that we've done and the conversations that I see you having in women's ministry, like... It, there's no doubt you're free and you you just can't put a price tag on that. Yeah. And it's one of the most sweetest places to be in life. And so many people are not free today. And, and even due to that, that humble humility, that stance, that posture that you took, um, it really opened your life up to receiving so much wisdom and blessings because you've done the hard thing. And now I look to you as one of the wisest people I know mm. And, and so I just appreciate your courage and strength in that. Mm-hmm. I think that not staying silent is a big deal and not staying, at least in my position, um, a, a big part of this is in moving on. There's a lot of healing in this, like talking about it and being open about it and not to, you know, like I said earlier, like down play or down talk, um, the other person in this, but there's so much healing that comes from talking about it. Maybe not in such a public way. Not everybody needs to do what we're doing, but to get outside of, um, you know, that dark place, that shameful, maybe embarrassed place and just talk to somebody about it. Like you can move on. You can like Jesus can heal your heart and he can put it back together in you know, whatever way he sees best. But, um, I re- I remember living in that place of just like being alone and not thinking that there was any other way to go about this other than just staying quiet and staying in my own little bubble. And there are ways you can get outside of that. There are people you can talk to. There is a healthy way to heal and um, move forward. You don't have to live hurt forever. Like it was like life was not intended to be that way. And um, for who, for whoever's hurting and still broken, it could be years and years and years and years ago. And 
there are healthy ways to move forward. You don't have to live hurt and sad and angry, revengeful. You know, there's all kinds of things that come from that, but you don't have to live that way. Mm, Such a good word. And what I see are two women who have done the hard work and pursued the Lord. And it hasn't been easy. It's been 100% worth it, like you said. And and you've trusted the process. That's one conversation you and I had last night, Tamara, about stuff I'm dealing with personally. Mm-hmm. And you were just talking to me about trusting the process. Yeah. And and I just want to say that to listeners, just don't quit until the miracle happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one other thing I really want to bring to light is this can't happen without knowing Jesus. Real freedom, real reconciliation. It can't happen without knowing him. Um, in our process of writing a book, we have been given advice of lots of different advice. But one person said, well, you're kind of writing a book as if you know that your reader is a Christian, like they know the Lord. And it, it kind of made us stop and think like, huh, but it really can't happen without him. And so you know, at just a very surface level, I just want to say, like, if you don't know him, he is the answer. This is none of this happened because Tamara, because look what happened when Tamara was in charge of Tamara's life. This didn't happen because Crystal. This happened because of Jesus, of knowing him, mm-hmm. of seeking him. It all boils down to that period. Right. And it takes multiple people seeking him and knowing him for any reconciliation, real, true, lasting reconciliation to happen. And trust. And yeah. Yeah. And in both of your stories and people can go back and listen to the podcast, but uh, both of you um, just had those moments with God um, and truly and where you invited him in and you were pursuing him when he spoke to you. And so I just think that's really powerful. I know that's the same for my own life. Uh, whenever Christie's left to Christie's own devices, it's it's not pretty. We're jacked. We're we are we're totally we are jacked. Jacked. And I'm just like <laughs> having gone through and experienced the forgiveness and reconciliation that I have, that tangible like Christ's love. I'm mm-hmm. just like, do you even know him? Like, do you yeah. know him? Do you know what he did for you? Mm-hmm. If you don't understand that, stop right now. And go learn about him first and then come back to all of this because Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, again, thank you for your courage and and just your willingness to say yes to the Lord Mm -hmm. and and to just have such a heart for people and for them to know your story and what God can do in us and through us. Um, Thank you for impacting my life the way you have. I'm forever grateful for both of you. And and your friendships. So um, I'm just so glad, Crystal, you got to come hang with us. And Me I'm too. hoping maybe we can go for another G Pride and maybe you'll get some ice cream. And today's Monday, Christy. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez. If you have any questions uh, for Tamara and Crystal or for myself or any show ideas that you'd love to know more about, um, email me at Christy at thebraveplace.org. And Christy is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at thebraveplace.org. And until next time, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place, part of the KLRC Podcast Network. 